Welcome to Leveling Up Now, where we help you to progress to the next level, whether that's through health, wealth, faith, or happiness. Join in to get motivated, inspired, and to learn tips from others who have already achieved great success and learn how you too can achieve greatness. Hi, and welcome to today's show where I'm joined by a military combat veteran who is known for leading teams and turning around multi-million dollar businesses for the past 20 years through his consultancy work. Stephen is also co-author of Unleash Your Humble Alpha, a book for leaders, entrepreneurs, and pioneers. Stephen, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much, Yusuf. I appreciate it. Brilliant. I appreciate you taking the time, Stephen. Um, I know we just spoke um, off, off record and um, yeah, uh, just telling everyone I've met you through Clubhouse and um, you know, you seem like a very um, credit worthy person to, to interview and just understand how you work. And obviously you've had so many different success stories um, and yeah, hopefully we can dig down a bit more into it. So are you, are you originally from America? Yes, I'm, a, I'm an American. Yes, I'm American. Oh, and where, where do you reside now? I'm in Hungary, actually, ah. near 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 Budapest. Oh, brilliant! What brings you to Hungary? Is it just work or the lifestyle? No, well, I joined the military back in 1986, and from 1986 until 1993, I was stationed in Germany, oh. and I loved it so much. I after you know, I went to Iraq. After Iraq, I got back, and then I spent another year in the army, and then I got out and stayed in Europe. So, um, as a turnaround consultant, first I owned cocktail bars and nightclubs in Berlin. That got me okay. into trouble, broke a broken nose, a broke, broken eye socket. So I figured I'd get out of that business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got into the corporate world, so to say. I worked for British PLC. And uh, I led up their operations and development for all of Europe, 3,500 employees, just really, you know, making it happen. And yeah. that led me to all these different countries. So I figured instead of traveling, I'll just move there. And I lived in nine countries. This is my ninth country. Um, I don't work wow. for them for a long time now. I, I turned to be self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been self-employed since 96. And yep. uh, I just live where I want to live, where it's nice. Here, I walked into a yep. business um, that I was on a three-month contract for, one of my shortest contracts ever. Walked in the front door, saw a woman, and said, my goodness, that's my new wife, and or my <laughs> wife. And uh, we got married, and we're still together 11 years later. Got two wow. kids. Congrats. Yeah, so it sort of led me here. Brilliant. And um, that's, such a, that's such a brilliant story. I mean, how you know, you know what you want, it sounds like. I mean, going back a bit, you know, I've never really spoken to anyone that's been in the army, to be honest. Oddly enough, I'm from UK. Um, and right. yeah, I've, I've never really spoken. I mean, how has your journey from going into the army and your experiences there, and how has that kind of led you to what you're doing now, really? Helicopter level. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, the, mil- the military has, does one thing. They, they break you down to nothing and then build you back up, yeah. typically as a machine. At least that's how it was when I was in. And uh, so you learn discipline, structures, following orders, you know, keeping things in line, orderly, just that whole, um, I think that's lacking a little bit in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was, it was tough because you're used to living a civilian life. You can't imagine some yeah. random person screaming in your face, touching your nose with their nose, uh, calling you all kinds of names. And <laughs> you know, you're just like, what the, and then finally you give in, break down and then they start turning you into this machine. And yeah. I don't mean just, you know, physically I'm talking, mentally like yeah. you cannot be stopped there is no surrender there is no nose you're just always going and there's always a solution no matter what so coming out of the military it was very easy for me to crush my businesses and even when I was an employee or whatever I did 
it was really easy for me to crush my businesses, but I did it like a bulldozer. Yeah. So I never really uh, <laughs> stuck around too long because the soft skills were missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, worrying about people, what they thought or, you know, cause in the military, it's like do it or die basically. Yeah. And that doesn't convert very well to the outside world. But to, honestly, the biggest problem was purpose mm-hmm. because when you join the military, you're literally signing a blank check check for the rest of your life. And, you know, yeah. as long as you're in, you can be sent to war and, um, from one day to another, you may no longer, may no longer exist. Yeah. So that's a purpose that one cannot explain. Uh, there's, you can't uh, uh, tell somebody what it's like because unless you've experienced it, it's almost impossible to f- know the fulfilling feeling, at least in the, in the U.S. military where at the time it was very patriotic. It was very the right thing to do. You know. So when you get out, you lose everything. Not only that, that um, was your identity. So you lose your identity too. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you're out of the military. I was 27 or 28. And I had no identity, I had no purpose, and I just got in all kinds of trouble. That's why I opened in the bars and nightclubs. Mm-hmm. And so that, that in itself, I had PTSD, I have PTSD too from the, from the war, and mm-hmm. um, it, it was a battle. I, you know, I, I, what I did was I did what I knew best and I poured myself into my work and I went through walls to make it happen. And then I got, wow. at the age of 32, um, after you know, a couple years in the bar scene, I ended up working for that PLC, and I crushed it, but I also crushed my life. I got overweight. I was married at the time. Um, I, you know, I had a episode with suicide. Uh, wife left me, lost my money uh, because of stupidity, and then, um, and then I ended up being homeless in Berlin, Germany. And uh, I was, I was um, about to take my life. And I said, I want to reach out to one more person. And I called a friend in Austria, and I said, Look, Michael, if you don't come get me, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. So he sent me a um, plane ticket and I flew to Austria. He picked me up, didn't say a word and dropped me off in a Benedictine monastery in the mountains of Austria and literally left me there and told the monks what was going on. And I spent a good eight months there. And uh, then I came out and spent one year doing nothing, (laughs) just um, enjoying who I was because This may may sound weird, but I fell in love with myself when I was there. I was like, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a good guy. Like I do the right things, and and I promise to do the right things. These kind of things. Yeah. And then I got that call from the corporation. They said, Hey, you want to come back? I said, Heck, never again. I killed myself almost. And they said, It's just a three month contract in 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 Budapest. And I said, Oh, I've never been, so I might as well go. It's only three months. And then that's yeah. when everything changed, because I was clear, because I was happy with myself, because I embraced my weaknesses and my strengths, and really loved what I was all about. Even if it wasn't perfect, um, I was free, right? So my purpose was me. Yeah, and that's uh, so. I think you took. Yeah, I think that's so important. Even you know, everyone goes through that journey of self-discovery, understanding what's right. important to them, what's right. what's their passion, and even you know, even me myself going through that. And you need that time alone. And I think one of your videos I literally had seen earlier this morning, you spoke around not you know, not comparing yourself too much to other people. And it's so easy with social media and yeah. it's, you do it subconsciously without even thinking. Um, it's a bit worrying because, you know, you know that it exists, you know that it's easy to copy other people or to compare and just knowing that loads of people out there may be doing the same thing. And I mean, for you, how was it just the pure, the fact that you spent that time alone, that one year, it was that like a key step for you to, turn around your life i mean it sounds like you you know you're in, in a really bad situation people compare themselves to other 
people or other accomplishments or whatever, because they seek significance. Um, it's one of the six essential human needs. And in order to get significance, you can either compare yourself to somebody else or do something great. So you want to strive to do great things, but great for you, not great compared to whoever or, 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 or whatever. Yeah. And um, that's for me, that's key. Um, mm -hmm. So when I do something, I look at my capacity, I look at my potential and uh, yeah, I, I go for gold, right? So that, that keeps me away from that while well, seeking significance through, through comparison. And yeah. the, the other way to seek significance is to put people down, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see a lot of, you know, ads or people online saying, oh, look at this guy or that guy. And, you know, he's a guru and he's going to cheat you. Look at me kind of thing. So um, that's that's where that comes from. That's all rooted in this one of the six essential human needs, which is seeking, you know, significance. And how did you go around turning that leaf to rather than, you know, when you mentioned you, when you were comparing yourself? I know there's other elements to it, but you're in a bad situation. I guess you were chasing something, but you kind of it sounded like you needed some time away and you know you spent eight or nine years thinking about where you want to go what you want to do yeah. who you yeah. are i surrendered i let go uh if you wouldn't believe what i did when i was 40 you know i had been an exec you know a senior executive uh living in germany many people knew me because i wrote a best-selling book mm -hmm. quite famous uh, i did tv i was an anchor <laughs> i speak german mm -hmm. and uh you know like a guest anchor on different tv shows and different newspaper uh, news brilliant. shows and and then when I left all that in the monastery, <clears throat> um, I came back and I said, well, I'm just going to do what's, what's fun. And I love people, right? I love meeting new people. So I went back into the club scene at the age of 40, but I worked with a new club that just opened up. And I, I asked them, I said, look, I don't want to be a security guy. I don't want to be a bartender. I just want to stand at the front door and greet people. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? And I said, yeah, I, I think it would be, I'd make a big difference. Well, needless to say, within two weeks, we had a line around the block. Why? because I poured everything I had into those people. Wow. Um, and I would, they would show up and I would make them feel at home and welcome. I would sing, you know, I would stand out in the street and sing in front of everybody. And I'd go through the line and greet everybody with a handshake. And I turned it into actually a position, which still, you know, is very big today. They call it the, the selector, also the selector, mm -hmm. uh, who's really there just to get people in the mood. It's like when you go to a TV show and there's a guy coaching the audience what to say and how to say it and keep yeah. them happy, you know, sort of, sort of what I did. And what that did was it allowed me to work on my interpersonal skills, my inter my, my person to person, you know, sort of communication skills and wow. see really what's that person about in front of me. You know, when I can't force anything on you. I can't just say, Hey, I'm in a great mood. You should be in one too. I have to find out what it is that drives you, what motivates you, yeah. what makes you feel great. And that was probably the first step towards, you know, my first, um, um, sort of experience with what we now call in the book, creating space mm -hmm. and creating space is probably the most powerful model we have. And that's creating space. I'll just go through it real quick here is showing up wholly and fully for the person in front of you with mm -hmm. no preconceived notions, cookie cutter solutions. And you do so by focusing on the intention and the intention is to add value by solving their problem or just making them feel good, elevating them. I always say leave people in a better place than when you met them. And that doesn't matter if it's your boss, your wife, your husband, the, the, you know, the, the lady who's homeless down the street or the cashier. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you do this, it creates a space around you where you're not pushing or pulling or wanting or wishing, you're just there to add value. And that allows people to step into a realm, a space, 
that they've typically never stepped into. And that creates that, that mastermind, which everyone has heard the word before. Mm-hmm. And the mastermind, the literal definition is when, when two or more people come together and they create that space, um, a third entity is formed. And that third, it's like, it's like when you sing two tones at yeah. the same time, a third tone appears. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's the same thing. And that's when you come up with ideas and solutions that you never would have had before. And they call it, some people call it brainstorming. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and so that's how I approach everything in my life now. And, and everything works out because I don't, I can't control the outcome no matter what I do. So I don't worry about it. I only focus on the intention. And the second thing is after creating space is living with no expectations. So either I have expectations that I verbalize either to myself by writing them down or to my partners or business partners or wife or whoever I verbalize those expectations or I don't have them. It's simple. It's black and white period. And when you have no expectations, you're literally never, you know, disappointed. So it's a great way to live. It's having like, you know, if you're going for an interview or, you know, going into a big business contract, it's giving it your all. And then afterwards, it's kind of having no expectations in terms of how that comes out. And if it does work, brilliant. And if it doesn't, then at least you're not heartbroken as well same time well and not only that but the dynamic of the conversation is completely different you're not nervous you're not worried about who it is you don't have to impress yeah, them so are who you are yeah you're just who you are the, the you know energy is everything it's it yeah. never ends you know it's it, you know it's always changing hands basically yeah. so you know it's if if you're in a negative vibe then they're going to feel it whether they know it consciously or not especially if you want something they'll feel that you're pushing yeah. And that, that comes over as nervousness sometimes. And they think, okay, this person isn't secure in themselves or, you know, whatever feeling that they have. And that, even if it's subconscious, that will take away from your success. I mean, I use creating space to walk up to Mick Jagger and walk up to Olivia Newton-John and Andrea Bocelli wow. and get jobs with them. Started working wow. with them for them, you know, and it's, and it, it, I just showed up, Hey, how's it going? Mick Jagger, you know, and you know, the little, little, little things you do, like I always use full names. So mm-hmm. when I met Bill Clinton, I walked up to him, hey, William Jefferson Clinton, how you doing? And he's just like, oh, hey, how are you? Yeah, because when you use your full name, you're not a fan. You're not someone trying to get something from him. You're just someone talking to him. And it, it, it disrupts their flow, I guess you will. So I went to make sure, hey, Mick Jagger, how are you? You know, that kind of thing. So Wow. <laughs> yeah, and with <laughs> no expectation, brilliant. you got nothing to lose, right? At least you said, I said hello, and that's it. You know? So what's the biggest achievement you would say that you've experienced in your lifetime? Well, you know, I think um, if we're talking about career, that's one thing, but my, my, you know, my biggest achievement is my, I don't want to say achievement, but my f- biggest fulfillment is my children and my wife, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, I've never, I never knew such love existed. You know, I never knew that something could fulfill you so completely that everything that your needs uh, in the day to day are an obvious second and it doesn't even bother you. Um, it's uh, it's a love that just engulfs one completely. I got tears in my eyes right now when I'm going to talk about wow. it. It's just the most incredible feeling in life to have and to be the provider for, you know, other human beings yeah. that you have the honor and privilege yeah. to form their lives. It's, I don't want to overplay it because everyone has a different meaning about it or whatever. But if you've never had children, I can tell you the love that you feel will uh, outshine anything you've ever felt in your life. And I, I didn't believe it was true. I mean, my, my, my wife told me when we, after we met a couple of years, she goes, you know, uh, you taught me what real love was. I've never, I thought 
what we have was only on TV. And then a few years later we had the children and she said, Oh my God, I don't know how I can cope with all this love. <laughs> wow. Know? Wow. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, man. It's incredible. Wow. And I can see the passion from your voice and give me goosebumps. Yeah. It's like, um, it's true. It's real. It's, um, you know, you, I could, yeah. I could feel it from you saying it. That's how, wow. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very emotional, open, honest, you know, got my first book was about my time in the Gulf war, but it wasn't a battle book. It was a personal journey book. And, uh, I said, I wrote things in there that people, because I'm six, you know, I'm, I'm one meter 93 and like 110 kilos yep. and people read that book and they're like, that, that's not you. Someone wrote that for <laughs> me, didn't it? You know, I was like, I can't, cause I'm big buff and that kind of thing, you know, yeah. and, and they just don't believe that that's, but, but you don't have to wear it on your sleeve. You know what I mean? No, I don't, you don't have to wear a gown and a crystal and all this kind of stuff. You know, um, I, I go to Peru every year. We're going in March again and we work with sacred plant medicine, ayahuasca and San Pedro. We do that to clear out blockages. I go with a lot of other men and veterans and, and some women who, who want to journey out there. Uh, we work with the Keshua tribe, which is the last descendants of the Incas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm very spiritual in that way. Um, I don't yeah. want to say I'm religious, but I'm, I'm spiritual. Yeah. Um, and being in the Middle East in Iraq taught me a whole bunch, um, a whole bunch. And I, you know, especially now with all these issues that we had, what we had, um, you know, between the forces of good and evil, as they, they like to call it. Then, you know, the people I met there were just like me, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, whether it was the enemy combatants that we captured or it was the women and children that we helped. Um, there, yep. there's just like my brothers and sisters, you know, and that wow. gives you a realization that, you know, I'm going to tell you a quick story. So I, I got asked yeah. to speak in Egypt. I got yeah. asked to speak at an e-commerce event in Egypt and I'm not from e-commerce, but I managed a brand that um, uh, I brought into big box retailers and we did $50 million. Wow. So um, I went to Egypt and I got to tell you, <laughs> I've never seen, and, and, and I'm serious, and I've spoken all over the world, I've never seen so many hungry, knowledgeable, young entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. so ready to learn, so humble, and, and just so beautifully there and present uh, than I did in Egypt. And then the next year in Morocco, the same thing. Um, and I met these three girls there, like 16, 17, 18 years old, and they... Uh, they're just beautiful human beings. It's absolutely wow. beautiful. And this was 2017. So I'm there, I'm speaking. And these three, they were ushers. They helped us with the speakers around and stuff and, you know, take you into the speaker's room. I never went to the speaker's room. I always sit in the back of the audience and have and talk with people when no one else is talking. And I do free coaching and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So they, these the three girls told me, look, it's our dream to go to college in America and, you know, in, in England. And the other girl wanted to go to Europe. And, yeah. and I just fell in love with these girls, right? So... I told my wife, I'm like, I'm starting a Kickstarter for them to send them to college. Wow. And uh, I did. It wasn't that successful. I ended up paying out of pocket um, mm -hmm. for, for some of them. One girl couldn't go because she took a job with her family. You know, that is yeah. family comes first. The other one ended up in America. Wow. Um, and I, I paid for some of it. And the other wow. girl here ended up in Hungary, where wow. I am. <laughs> and we met about six weeks ago. No way. First time since, yeah, first time since 2017. It was beautiful. It was amazing to see the stars and the, and the so intelligent, so articulate, so incredible. I, I just, you know, so, so I have, I have that, I have that urge to really elevate, you know, I like wow. elevate everyone around me. Why do I do that? Cause it's my life. Mm -hmm. Why do I want to be around negative people? People I don't want to be around, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I call it life enterprise. You know, yeah. it's our life enterprise. We're the CEO. 
And we yeah. answer to the board of directors and the stakeholders. Board of directors are our family. The stakeholders are everybody in our life. And like yeah. I said, it's our job to leave them in a better place than we met, we met them. Just like a CEO of a business enterprise, you answer to them. You're responsible yeah. to make sure they're successful. That's your job. You run yeah. the company, right? So that's yeah. how I see my life. Wow, that's so powerful as well. Like the positivity and, you know, you want to, I think giving back as well, however it may be, even if it's something small, you know, with your, you know, if it's, with your wife or spouse, or even if it's with a stranger, I think that feeling when you give back or you give yeah. wherever it is, if it's your time, money could be an object. It's just that feeling. It's, it's like nothing else, isn't it? It's like, um, well, it's, it, it, no, and it leads, it leads to a permanent state of empathy, not sympathy, yeah. but empathy. Yeah. And when you're empathetic with others, you're empathetic with yourself too. And it just leads yeah. to much, much growth. There's, you know, I, I, you know, giving back, um, I understand what you mean by that. I, I, I always say, or we always say it's in the book too. Everything I'm talking about is in the book, by the way. Yeah. I have to um, admit, I haven't and, read it yet, but I'm, it's definitely on my list. I'm, yeah. It's on Audible. It's on iTunes. And ah, brilliant. It's paper, paperback. It's uh, Kindle and it's an ebook. All of it on available online. And we ah, have cool. actually, the book has been uh, now made into a university course. Oh, wow. So it's coming out end of January. We're going to do a beta test with about, 100 to 200 people wow. um they're going to take it and they get a certificate a college certificate so it, it's literally from a college and yep. then it's being it'll be implemented into the curriculum of universities in america um one at a time wow. you know, we're test one and then see how they like it and, and it's really great because it's the message that i know and my co-author lane balone who's a special forces green beret veteran mm -hmm. we know that what's in this book changes everything and wow. why? Because we go to the root source. And the root source is that what's inside of you. It has yes. nothing, nothing to do with the outside world. Yeah. You can let it, your outside world control you and dictate you and divert you and distract you. Or you can take control and know that the power within is where your energy goes and not yeah. outward. That's why it's called humble alpha. You're alpha on the inside, humble on the outside. Wow. I think, yeah. It's it's funny because I read I'm, I am a bookworm and um, I read uh, David Goggins. You, I don't you must have heard of him yes, probably. Yeah, I read his brilliant book and um, with mindset. It's it's how you perceive things. It's all within, isn't it? And um, yeah, I was thinking the other, Yeah, I was thinking like the other day. I think it was Christmas Eve, and I thought, oh, okay, tomorrow is was it Christmas Eve? I think it was going to be Christmas Eve, so it was like a Wednesday, but over the holidays, I was thinking tomorrow's Thursday. But it's it's crazy how just because you know it's a certain day your mindset straight away changes and your whole body and your whole everything yeah. about you energy just, yeah. yeah your whole yeah. energy changes and then it's all of a sudden if it's something that you're scared of doing or if you know if you think you're going to jump out of an airplane tomorrow or it's a uh, monday morning tomorrow and you know, you've got that anxious feeling you know straight away again all of the feelings so your mindset drives your whole feelings it drives everything and it's just getting your mindset in that in that certain way and and everyone's different as well so in terms of getting their mindset ready and how, i mean how do you do that it sounds like you you've done a lot of studying you know this area in depth how do you I, i'm sure it might be in your book so apologies but how, how do you get your mindset in a way to shift from a negative state of mind to a positive state of mind or to get yourself into well, the highest you know right. mindset yeah well negativity and this is my core belief one of my core beliefs is it comes from thoughts, right? Yeah. And thoughts aren't real. Thoughts aren't real. What's real is what happened in the past and what's happening right now. Anything in the future that you're thinking of, because you had a car accident, what's the first thing that happened? Oh man, I got to pay for this. Oh, I can't get to work. I'm going to be late. Wife's going to be mad or whatever. 
that all none of that happened yet but they, they, there you are totally stressed out and upset yeah so when you realize that thoughts aren't real <laughs> and they're actually dictating your future you just stop thinking about it and say you know what if that's what i'm thinking that's what's going to happen so let me think something positive you know i, I actually had a car accident that's why i use that and wow. first thing i did was oh man then i went wait a second no this is not that bad so i went back to the to the person that hit me i'm like hey are you okay everything is everything all fine and you know can i help you and uh, we just had a, a fantastic conversation and she goes, aren't you mad? I mean, I hit you. And I was like, no, no, it happens. What are you going to do? And I said, yeah. oh, I just hope you're okay. And they elevated her, made her feel good. And, you know, and it's, <laughs> and it's like, it was a great day. I walked away from the accident. Like, man, I met this really cool person and it's, it's yeah. just a fantastic world that I live in. So wow. letting our thoughts dictate the future is where everybody gets negative. If you don't let your thoughts dictate your future or your, 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 you know, whatever's going to happen. Um, and yeah. if you do let them dictate it, then, at least do it positively, right? You know, at least put the positive thoughts in your head and not the negative ones. So, um, you know, there's, there's different ways to look at this, but we have five core principles in the book. Um, and it, the book is funny because it's not, it's not theory. It's not, we didn't sit down and say, let's write a book. Uh, we had to dissect our lives um, because the way I operate uh, is the, what the book's about. The way he operates is what the book's about. So we had to put how we operate into words and into action steps so other people could have the, 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 the beauty of life that we have and yeah. the success. And so it's not about, we're not going to teach you how to do something. We're going to teach you what to do so you can do it the way that fits you best. Mm -hmm. So it's not a how-to book. It's a what-to book, if, if you will. Yeah. And that's why it's so powerful because, you know, there's a natural power created in you when you're in alignment. And that literally supercharges your ability to take massive charge in your business and in your life. And you can stop like grabbing for power, or f you know, not motivating yourself or your, you know, your family or friends or whoever, and you don't have to struggle in your relationships anymore. And it's literally pure momentum. Yes. So it's a gradual step. It's a gradual process, isn't it? It's yes. Like a, yeah, well, it never stops. Yeah it, it never, never stops. yeah. yeah. It never yeah. stops. Oh, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you love, I mean, would you say it's obvious that you have your bad days and, you know, or, or is it a case of you, you have your bad days, but then you look at it in a positive way, like you mentioned in the accident? That's a perfect example where some people might say it as a bad day, but, you know, it's um, not, you, you take something away from it. Well, yeah, you, you always take something away from it. But the thing is, yeah, of course, I wake up sometimes and, you know, I have PTSD, I have bad dreams about the war and stuff. Wow. And, and I, I make it a part of me. I'm like, okay, I embrace it. That's part of you know who I am. That's part of my experiences. I don't have to ban it from my life. Yeah. I just don't let it dictate my life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes you're in a funk and you have no idea why. Yeah. And you, you know, walk around sort of like in a you know sort of like not super. But everybody sees it on me immediately if I'm not on, in the full 120 percent typical Stephen Cohn mood. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh, you know and. Um, if, if I don't catch it, they will. And then I just say yeah. to myself, what is actually bothering me? And then I let go. I let go of it all. I let go of everything because it's just thoughts, man. It's just thoughts. They aren't real. Is there a method that you go through that to, to, to firstly, it's the self-awareness, noticing that yeah. I am in a bad mood. I have been speaking to people in a, it might be in a rude manner or in a, yeah. wherever it is, but, and then, and then you, you realize that. And then how do you get from that to, to a better state of mind? Uh, well, you know, if, if it's something like if you're rude or something happened, you did something, immediately apologize and mean it heartfully and mean yeah. it for real. You know, that's just, that's what integrity is, by the way, for me. You know, some people say integrity is 
doing what you say you're going to do and not doing what you say you're not going to do. But that's true. But it's also owning your mistakes and standing up for them and making them better. That for me is true integrity. And it's easy to have integrity when everything's going great. Right. Yeah. You know, man, but when you're sitting there and you're out of money and you know, you're like, Oh man, I, uh, there's like 20 bucks laying beside that guy. I just saw a fire fall out of his pocket. Do I take it? You know, that kind of thing. Where, what do you yeah. do in those moments? That's where yeah. integrity really shows its head. Yeah. So the process is I let go. I literally imagine, and here we go into spiritual is I, I literally imagine when I breathe in that there's a white beam of light coming through my top of my body, through my head, my crown chakra, as some people call it. And it just, this is over my body. So it through my body, around my tongue, my jawbone, and it just washes all of that black soot that, 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 that we collect over the years out through the bottom of my feet. It takes about three, three to five minutes. I'll, I'll do it during a meditation and it's just refreshing and amazing and you just feel great and you're just, you know, you, you embrace who you really are then again, you say, because when, when you see this going through, you, you imagine it and after a while it becomes automatic. Literally, it's like someone pouring white paint over your head and it just oozes into your body around every cell, around every body, around your rib cage, dripping down uh, through, you know, through your sacral bones and, and down through your, you know, all the way down to your feet. And you see this and you're looking at yourself this whole time. Yeah. So it's almost like a journey within and uh, it takes literally like five minutes and then you wow. just wait, you just get up totally refreshed. And that's something I've been doing since probably 2006, I think yeah. 2005. Yeah. And that's, wow. that's how I get rid of the funk. So I get rid of the funk or, wow. or if I'm in the middle of a work day, I call somebody who needs help and I just say, man, I, I saw you or I heard, or I remember uh, what do you need right now? I got about 10 minutes. Let me help you out. What do you need? And that just, it just puts you on a different level when you're giving, you know, it's, yeah. it's about, and it's, it's, it, for me, it's not, it's not about giving back. It's about filling my cup up so much that it's overflowing automatically into other people's cups. Yes. Yeah. So, because there's that giving culture out there, that's, there's an addiction to giving and uh, most people, and I would say most give without having enough because that's the way that they feel good. That's yeah. that significance again, right? They feel significant to themselves that I'm helping somebody. Yeah. So it's a, it's like a false crutch going through life, helping others when you're not helping yourself or helping others when you're not, when your cup's not full. I'm not saying don't help. I'm just saying don't make it your main, your main gig. Mm. If you're not 100, 100% full of cup. Yeah. Yeah. I completely understand and agree with what you're saying. I, yeah. I think it's important to give and, you know, like you said, if you have, I mean, it's, it's a case of if you've got a, you know, if you've got a hundred thousand pounds in the bank as well, and then, you know, you give 10 pounds, if you get a, certain feeling but then if you've got you know maybe 20 pounds in the bank but you give 10 pounds if that makes sense it's just you know i think it's important to give and then at the same time it's like it's all relative to each person basically um, yeah, of course yeah everyone has their own film <laughs> yeah 100 percent. so you know you've you've spoken about loads of different methods i mean what are some of the success habits that you've kind of formed throughout your throughout your, your journey in life that you can share with others that they can probably use? I mean, you mentioned a few already, like um, the breathing technique that you mentioned, um, right. you know, filling other people's cups. Is there anything else in terms of like a, um, in terms of habits? Like, I don't know if you, yes. do you wake up in the early in the morning or something that's key yeah. to you that you could, you'd like yes. to share. Well, I wake up early in the morning because of the kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice they're five and six. Yeah. yeah, they're five and six. So, um, you know, I, I like, I'm, um, talking about goals. Um, you know, there's targets and there's goals, targets fall goals. Don't. And typically I have goals all the way out to 30 years. Uh, wow. And I try to set them. I try to set, you know, 
typically around 100 to 150 goals every year uh, yeah. and updating the ones that I have. But the, the, the thing about goals is they got to be, you, know, you got to write them down and you write them in the I am form. So I am, you know, the owner of this house. I am enjoying my backyard, which is five acres. I am, I am, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, as if that you've already attained. Yes. It. Yep. Yes. And then it's scientifically proven that those who write their goals down will be like 36% more um, uh, chance of actually reaching them or even more than that. I think it's 63%. And then you got to be specific. Like how does it smell? What's it look like? How does it feel if you want a house, you know, what, you know, you, you, what kind of a, you know, people say, I want this house. I want this Bentley. Well, you might get that, but if you don't have a lifestyle that supports that, then what good is a Bentley, right? So yeah. the goal should be a wide encompassed specific goal with the specific timeline that says, I want to live the lifestyle of someone who can afford a Bentley. So what's that lifestyle look like? I want to live a lifestyle that if someone has a house in Mallorca in Spain, what does that, what does that lifestyle look like? What do I need and want in my life or wish and desire in my life. That's how I set goals. Mm -hmm. And then I set them up once a year or maybe twice a year, depending. Um, and in the beginning it's very conscious, it's very direct. And now I just, just like whip them out because I know, I know what they are yep. and I'll just update them or I'll just look at them and read them. And you know, when some, sometime I made a little movie um, that I watch on my phone sometimes, which are all of my goals in pictures. Wow. Yeah. And I, sometimes before I go to bed at night, I'll just push play and watch it and be like, Yep, that's me. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> wow. go to bed and just keep it in 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 front of mind. That's one of the the biggest ones. I mean, there's so many success traits out there, but for me, literally, life enterprise, creating space. There's a concept we talk about, which is the core principles of everything I do. It's called honesty, integrity, and transparency, or HIT. Um, some people call me the Hitman. Mm -hmm. There's even t-shirts <laughs> and, um, it, you know, honesty with yourself and why you do what you do first, right? The internal and then the transparency is the external and that's how you step into the world and it's your ongoing reputation with that honesty. Mm -hmm. The byproduct of those two is integrity and I already told you what integrity was. Yeah. So all of that makes you the most authentic person that people will meet. And when you're authentic, you can literally dictate your own market value because there's no one like you. I mean, look, if you look at... Um, Elon Musk or Bill Gates or, you know, well, me not Bill Gates, but like Elon Musk and yeah. um, let's say, you know, Steve Jobs, who were they like? They weren't like anybody. They were themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the coolest thing about us is that nobody does us better than we do, but can do us better than we do. But most people aren't their true selves. They're trying to be like somebody, emulate somebody, copy somebody, find a way to, and that's not because they're lazy it's, or, or don't, you know, don't, they just don't know who they are. Yeah. And that, that's what the book's about. The book is about finding your true identity, who you really are inside as a human being. And once you find that out, your purpose literally shows up in front of you. Yeah. And once you have your purpose aligned with your identity, it amplifies your identity. And that's where this presence comes from that we, that we talk about. Presence is how you own a room without saying a word. Presence is how you step into any situation and own it humbly without saying a word. And that comes through um, identity purpose and that all creates that one magic thing that I call certainty or the all-knowing because once you're certain and you know that you're you're on the right path you don't have to worry about how to get there anymore because you know you're going because your yeah. everything is is in line the engine is oiled and your gas tank is full how would you be yourself be your true self but at the same time you want to change for the better so you want to be you know a better person generally you want to be better at work better you know you want to yeah. run longer. So how do you be your, your true self and at the same time change 
for the better. How do, how do you correlate the two? Well, I can say what I do. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. people say discipline is important. Discipline is important for executing. It's not important. Discipline it doesn't work for habits. It doesn't work for routines, very rarely. Um, so, you know, when it comes to habits and routines, in order to be like, for instance, you want to get up and meditate to be a better person, to reflect and stuff, but you keep forgetting. So you do what James Clear calls habit stacking. So if you want to journal when you get up, what's the first thing you do when you get up? Oh, um, I go to the bathroom. Okay, so in the bathroom, what do I do? I put my journal. So I can't forget it. Oh, oh yeah, I got a journal today. Then I pick up my journal and go journal. That's how you create habits that turn into routines, that turn yeah. into a, life, a lifestyle. And so that's one of the most important things that, that I see that a lot of people are missing. Is they think, oh, I just have to power through. I got to make this happen, especially veterans, because that's what we're used to doing. Uh, but it's, it's, discipline is totally overrated when it comes to living your life. Yeah. It's more about creating a lifestyle for yourself where it's automated, automatic. Like I get up, go to the gym, come back sometimes. Well, I do things before I go to the gym with my wife and my kids and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. But, and I come back from the gym sometimes and it's such a routine that I, I get back. I'm like, did I, was I at the gym? You know, like, <laughs> Autopilot. Yeah. yeah. That's the best. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. Like, oh, wait. Because I remember when I was a kid, the first time it happened to me, maybe I'm just a weirdo. I don't know. But we lived on a farm for, with one of the, one of the times in my life. And, I remember the same thing happened. I would come up from the feeding the animals at four o'clock in the morning with, you know, shit in my boots and everything. And, you know, yeah. and I'd be like, and I'd be in the shower and be like, Oh my God, I didn't feed, feed I didn't feed the animals. <laughs> I'm like, wait, and I look down like they're eating. I guess I did go down, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it became such a routine on a farm. You had no choice. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it was, uh, that, that creating those routines are incredibly powerful and you can do that with anything. You want to do gratitude at night, put your journal on your pillow. You want to listen to, you want to meditate in the morning, put your ear pods or your eye, whatever they're called, uh, beside your toothbrush after you brush your teeth. You know what I mean? It's like you can stack any habit, you know, yeah. you get in your car, put a note every day. When you get out of your car, get used to putting a note on your steering wheel that says do this or that or the other, or whatever it is, Yeah. you know, where, where you know you're going to be, put that stack right there. And it triggers you to, to yeah. doing what you yeah. really want. Yeah, yeah no. exactly. Makes sense. Yeah, and we have to push ourselves. It's too easy to be negative. It's too easy to, 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 to do nothing and lay on the sofa or whatever. It's too easy. And the more you do that, the more you want to do that. So <laughs> be careful. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's true. It's true. Especially yeah. with everything at your fingertips. You know, you can order a takeaway. You can speak yeah. to your friends without even getting off your couch. Um, right. It's, exactly. Uh, it's crazy. It's, it's, a, it's a definitely yeah. a different world. The world's growing quicker and quicker, I feel like. And um, Yeah, well, things are it's changing. getting smaller through it's getting smaller through communication and a lot of people are overwhelmed. They stop learning because you know, it's the fact and like, like you too says, the more you learn, the less, you know, yeah. right. Um, and a lot of people just stop that because it's just too overwhelming for a lot of people uh, because yeah. they, they, they learn and learn and learn and like, how do I keep up with this? And then they get depressed because you know, uh, this, that, and the other they learned and now how can I change that? And you know, all this kind of stuff. So uh, sometimes they, that's why they say ignorance is bliss, mm -hmm. you know? So you gotta, you gotta make a choice and choose what's yours and what you can own and, yeah. Um, just build build on who that real true person is inside of you. You know, you said you asked, you know, how do you come back to yourself? Well, it's difficult because most people don't know who they are, it's, you know, and, and it changes yeah. constantly. So, you know, yeah. the book, we, we, every chapter is a story about, you know, my time in Iraq or he was in, he was in uh, the Middle East as well. And we tell the story, we extract a lesson from that story and write that down and talk, talk about it. And then we have exact action steps. I mean, exact action steps, exactly what to do to find your identity, to find your purpose, to create that certainty, to unleash your humble alpha, to do the same thing with your teams or your family. Mm -hmm. It's all in the book. It's, it's, it's 
like I said, I have no doubt this is going to change the paradigm of what leadership actually means. Right now, leadership means everything on the outside, the guy, the girl who's powerful standing there with their, their hands on their hips and, you know, they've took all the courses, they've checked all the boxes, they got the MBA like I have, which doesn't mean anything. Got it from the UK, by the way, from Leeds. In, okay. in Leeds. Bradford oh, yes. University. Yep. Yeah, Bradford University School of Business Management. And um, that all means nothing if it's not on the inside. And that's the biggest problem that I see in the world is that people take way too much power from positions or titles. And that's a false power. Who, who are you really? Where's your identity? When you step away, and I, here, here's, here's a litmus test. So if you, um, if, for instance, we, we talk to leaders and I say, hey, imagine your wife is a fly on the wall in the office. Would you be proud or would she recognize you? I mean, he's like, ah, yeah, she probably wouldn't know that everything about me, you know, that way or <laughs> whatever. And I said, and, and um, you know, going the other way, if you had one of your employees in your dining room at night, what would they say about how you act there? Are you the same person? And they're like, oh, no. Immediately. Like, no, no, no. At home, I'm dad. And then I'm like, well, you're not. You're the same person. You're everything. Mm-hmm. And what you do is not who you are. And that's the biggest misconception when you ask somebody, hey, who are you? Like, you've heard it before. Well, who are you? And they go, yeah. I'm the CEO or I'm the No, I'm sorry. That's not who you are. That's what you do. That's what you do. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. How, how would you respond to that then? If, they, if someone asks you, you know, Stephen, can, you know, who, you know, who, who are you? What, what do you do? What do you do? Well, it depends who I'm talking to because most people can't deal with the two word moniker that we use. You know, we use a, a concept in there to get to it. It's more of an internal thing than an external thing. Okay. What I always say is be honest and transparent to the degree that both parties win. Now I'm not going to go out on a spiritual trip. Yeah. If I meet somebody for the first time, I am Stephen, the loving father who's, you know, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. I'm not going to go, go through that. Yeah. That would be ridiculous. So it has to fit to the situation. And sometimes it depends if like in, in uh, clubhouse is a perfect example. Yeah. When I present myself and they say, Hey, Steven, introduce yourself. I look at the room who's in there. And then I present those parts of me that will add value and elevate the room. Yeah. Makes you sense. Know, and sometimes, sometimes I say veteran. Sometimes I don't say veteran. Sometimes I talk about my group. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I talk about the book. Sometimes I don't. It just depends um, what I want to identify myself with in that group at that time. And that's not me being a chameleon. That's me wanting to add as much value as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you want to be known as for then? I know there's with everyone, there's so many different um, lenses to them. There's so many different stories to them. What would you say your, your title is? My title? I don't have a title. I think my, what my legacy should is be, I want to look yes. back. I, w- I want my kids to look back at me. Like I look back at my, my father and my, my grandfather, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I want. I want to, I be want proud. that power. Yes. Yeah. Well, that power that they have, I take power from my grandfather. His words changed my life. You know, I always, I just came back from the army. He was very sick and, um, I, you know, I was on leave and, uh, Jesus, I got tears in my eyes. I got, um, he was a, a very, um, strange man, but very loving. And he moved to the mountains by himself and lived literally with no electricity and water for like 10 years. And then we found wow. him up there when he didn't come back, you know, so he was like Alzheimer's and stuff. And he, and he, he told me, he said, look, be that, be, be that person that cares. You can go out in the street, said, you can go out in the sidewalk right now, stand in the middle of the sidewalk, and someone comes, they're going to push you out of the way, call you a name, or do something, right? Yeah. But no one's going to come up to you. Rarely will they come up to you and say, hey, man, you okay? What's going on? You know, it's like, be that person. Be that person that's elevating others. Be that person that cares, that gives a shit. That's and, you know, that's, yeah. And, it, and it, it, it made a difference in me later. It didn't really hit me then. I'm like, okay, grandpa, do you have the car keys? You know, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah. 
but it hit me later in life what he said and and i had taken it on subconsciously apparently or maybe he did, he did some voodoo on me or something i don't know but uh, i took it on subconsciously and that's how i treat people you know of course i had my bad times too don't get me wrong if you're going to read in the book how i got into fights uh, you know and just really bad <laughs> yeah. stuff wasn't wasn't ended up in jail in germany and stuff and not not a long time just you know just to calm me down i guess yeah um but the intention and, and, and I want to talk about that real quick too, is when people lash out or have arguments or things like that, it's typically because they have something they hate about themselves and uh, someone triggers it. So when someone would, you know, when someone would challenge me as a doorman or whatever I was doing at the time, yeah. this is before I you know got famous or what do you call it? Got successful. Yeah. Um, not famous, but successful is <laughs> it would hurt me. It would hurt me because someone's like, you know, I remember standing at the door and this was just like a year after I got there. I mean, less than a year ago, I got out of the military and remember in the military, I can look at I can look at ten different soldiers. Never have to say a word to them. I see where they've been, what they've done, how many words they have, what they're, how long they've been in. I know everything about them on the outside as far wow. as their their career goes. Suddenly, you're out of the military. You're standing at the door of a club as a doorman, and some kid comes up and says, "Oh, look at this loser! Can can't even get a real job." You know? Wow. And you're you're just like you know, what the heck? What is going? And it just it just crushes you. It crushes you. You know? Because you're like, wow. You know what? What am I going to do now? You know, yeah. so it's, it's really, really difficult. How, how, how do you deal with, um, you know, in that situation when you were, you know, at the front of the club or the restaurant yeah. and, you know, you have kids saying, you know, mean stuff and you're in that moment and, you know, tensions rises and, you know, how did you deal with that? At the time I just got in a fight. Um, or, you know, yeah. challenge them or, you know, wanted to show them that I'm actually someone uh, more important than they thought I was, you know, and of course that was the wrong way. Cause all it does is embed that into your culture, personal yeah. culture. Um, now it doesn't happen because I don't have that insecurity. I don't have that, uh, that hole in me anymore. So my presence takes care of everything. I walk into a room, the post office, wherever it is. And I own that. I own it without even trying. It's just because I know who I am. I embrace who I am. My, my loves, my wants, my wishes, everything about me, my wow. negatives, my positives. And I own it. And there's, I don't have a reflection on the outside world. I don't need to, I don't worry about it. So someone can say whatever they want to me. It doesn't, doesn't, it does nothing to me because I know my own value, my own worth. Wow. Brilliant. And um, just real quick, I wanted to just talk um, on your clubhouse. It says that you're a, you're a um, coin fan. Is it coin carrier? Coin carrier. Yes. Yes. So is that <laughs> cryptocurrency or is it collection of like um, old coins? I don't know if you want to go into that in a bit more detail. That's actually a specific um, membership that's in, invite only. Um, it's not, it's not secret society or anything like that. It's just, yep. it's a bunch of um, very high level and mid and low level, but there's a lot of like professional sports players in there. There's um, uh, you know, Fortune 500 uh -huh. people. There's, you know, like, people you would know that are all members of this group. Mm -hmm. And you, when you join, uh, you get a coin that you carry with you that when you meet another one, uh, you show the coin and if they show theirs, then you know, they're in, you're in the same club, so to say. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, is yeah. that like a worldwide thing? Yes. I'm guessing. Yes. Oh, wow. it's, worldwide. It's, it's been around for a while. Um, for good, a good while. I don't, no one really knows how long cause it was offline until recently. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause it was old, it was like old, you know, so like the, the, the leaders were, I don't know, 80, 90 years old and they never took it online. And then when the, they basically handed the reins to the younger generation, which is my age, like 50, um, we took it all sort of digital. And now oh, it's interesting. now, and now it's actually, we're getting, you know, systems in place to be more productive, to help more, to give back more, uh, to cascade that wealth, uh, you know, help each other. Basically it's a, it's an organization of people who want to help others build generational wealth for each other, not only 
um, through earning mm-hmm. money and doing deals and stuff like that. But it's also uh, to give back and to, you know, to share with communities. Well, I love that. But, yeah. And, and, and there's, you know, there's, uh, we're, we base everything on a core set of principles. We have bylaws and laws and we have like the law of the architect, the law of the rabbit, all these different yes. laws that, that, that sort of through the ages have, um, you know, stuck out as something that means a lot. So, yeah. So that's, that's there. If you look on LinkedIn, you ever see a coin carrier? Some people put it in their profile. I think I have it in mine. Mm-hmm. That automatically is a signal to anyone who is another coin carrier. They will immediately reach out. How can I help you? What do you need? You know, that kind of thing. Oh, brilliant. And yeah. um, just touching on Clubhouse briefly, what do you think of Clubhouse? What is your, I mean, it's still quite new, right? And uh, what's yeah. your verdict on it? Well, Clubhouse, I've been on it probably a week now and I got busy. I think it was Sunday. So it's mm-hmm. been like four days and I've doubled everything. So my, my Instagram followers double and you know, wow. I, I went, I'm at like, I don't know, 2000 followers or something there. And, and it's because I, of the relationships I built over the last years off and online. And I get invited to the rooms to speak, to be a moderator, and I get to add value. I get to give back, and it's just so much fun. I picked up a, uh, a picked up. I mean, I met this guy there mm-hmm. uh, who was in this like rap room. I got pulled into it for some reason. Yeah. And uh, this is a guy that's worked with Jay Z and Jamie Fox and all these wow. people, but he yep. never made it himself, right? Uh-huh. And I don't know. I just fell in love with this guy's story. So I said, "Hey, man, holler!" And he gave me a call. And now I'm gonna I'm just gonna mentor and coach him for free because he's such a he's like he's total gangster and all, you know, he's like, like hardcore and he, in his, in his, in his inner self on the phone, he was like, I, I, I know this is not me. This is not my calling. And I said, look, brother, man, I feel that so much. Let's do this. So I'm going to help him out. And that was on, that was on, uh, you know, clubhouse. And some people say, I've made a hundred deals here. I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not there for the deals. If it happens, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just there literally just to give back. Matter of fact, right now while we're talking, I'm in the room, um, uh, breakfast with champions, millionaire breakfast club with Glenn Lundy. Wow. I'm one of the moderators and uh, I just have it on mute right now. So, you know, obviously, and uh, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it, <laughs> but wow. it's addictive. It's addictive. It is. It is cool. Um, so I've got um, a little short round before we finish. It's just for fun. Um, it's fire questions just to get to know you a bit more. Um, so yeah, I'll, just, I'll guess I'll fire away. Um, so Stephen, what, what would you say is your favorite hobby? Um, I would, you know, it's, it's, it's the favorite hobby is with, in the gym, I guess you could say it's me. Yeah. Uh, you know, people think you go in the gym and train. I don't, I watch my muscles. I, I look at my internals. I, I, I focus on my breathing. You know, I visualize it's a lot of, it's almost like meditation to me when I go to the gym. That's my favorite hobby. I do it every day. Wow. And what would you yeah. say, um, what would you say is your favorite meal? That's a good one. I live in Hungary and they make this um, fried bread with sour cream and cheese. Okay. <laughs> it's called Langos, Langos, L-A-N-G-O-S. Look it up. Yeah. It's, it's sinfully good. Wow. Wow. I eat it once a year. I eat it once a year because it's pure fat basically. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You, you look after your body and everything else and uh, no, it's well, good. Healthy body, healthy mind. Your body is your business. Yeah. Literally, your body is your business and it's your business. So... <laughs> It is, it is. And uh, what's your favorite book? What would you say is your ultimate favorite book? I think the book that had the most impact on me uh, was Evolve Your Brain from Joe Dispenza. And that's because I read it when I was in the monastery. It's got 500 pages. It's the only place I ever would have read a book with 500 pages. And uh, I think that's the one that had the most impact on me. I mean, I, I, I have hundreds, if not thousands of books all over the 
basically all over the world in boxes where I've lived and stuff that I never picked up again. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's probably one of my, one of my top, uh, most impactful, uh, books wow. that I've ever read. Really? Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, one question that, yeah, is what's your favorite app on your phone? I know you mentioned clubhouse, but is there another one that you use quite a lot, quite often? What would you say is your most used? The number app? one app that I use is my calendar. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I believe in blocking time and, um, you know, keeping time for yourself. You know, I, on, on Clubhouse, you'll hear a lot about you have no time off. You can sleep when you die. You know, grinding is the only way. Anyone who tells you that you can work four hours a week is bullshit. You know, those kind of stuff. Like yeah. I heard it yesterday from people, you know, like Grant Cardone and those guys and respect to them. I could, I could and would never do that. It's all about priorities, you know. It is. And you're so right. I even fell in the trap when I was younger when I always thought it's go, go, go. You know, as soon as I wake up, you know, it's just work. But it's like you said, and what we've discussed earlier is when you have that time to yourself and understand yourself, understand what you're good at, what you're, what you're passionate about, where you can take that time to reflect. I just feel it's so. Yeah, well, a lot of people mistake my presence for, um, for energy that is coming from working all the time, but I don't, you know, and it's, it's because I'm, 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 um, I don't want to, I don't want to use the wrong word here. I'm fulfilled with what I'm doing and I love yeah. what I'm doing and I love my family. I love being working from home and my kids and you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's and that's the fuel for me. So when I show up, I show up wholly and fully and I'm like powerful and they're like, man, you must be, you're, you're always moving. You're always, I mean, no, actually I'm not, but it's, wow. they mistake that presence and that self worth and the self value for that typical push power, but it's not. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Right now, oh, I have no idea. We think <laughs> I'm thinking about that all the time, because uh, you know, we all want to get out. Don't we? I know, I know. But where do you go? There's not, there's not lockdown or something. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, um, if if there wasn't any lockdown, yeah, any restriction, yeah, if they lift everything up, where would you travel yeah. right now? Where would be the ultimate holiday destination where you probably? Okay, holiday destination. Well, I've been just about everywhere I wanted to go. Um, so there's no one place where I'd say, oh my gosh, I have to go there. But I think I'd probably take a, a world globe, global tour and go country hopping and visit friends that I haven't seen for way too long. Wow. How many countries yeah. have you lived in? You mentioned, is it nine, is it? Nine. Well, 10, including America, but yes, nine outside wow. of America. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of yeah. memories, a lot of friends and uh, Incredible. Wow, very interesting. Incredible. I mean, my my contacts are ridiculous. I mean, I know people from all the way from the Royal family to politicians, wow. to mafia, to mayors and governors. And I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Man. That's <laughs> it's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. Is it because of work that made you move to the different countries? What, what kind of, um, no, I wanted to move. I was self-employed most of the time. So I, you know, instead of flying back and forth between jobs and, and between my home where I was living in Berlin and, yeah. uh, like Spain or Portugal, I would just move there for however long it took. Sometimes it was a year, sometimes it was two years. Yeah. And you some, sometimes I would do two contracts at the same time. So I'd move to Madrid and then fly to Spain instead of flying from Berlin to Madrid to Spain or to Madrid to, to mm-hmm. Portugal or whatever. I would just move to one of the countries that's closer and stay there. I always kept my place there. in Berlin. I still, I still have my business in, in, in Germany. I haven't lived there in 11 years, but I have a residence there and I have uh, my businesses there. So um, wow. I still have sort of, you know, American living in Hungary with a German car and license plate yeah so when at the border it's always like wait, wait a second you have a you're an american passport holder you have a german license a german um, a driver's license and you have a hungarian residency what the heck's going on <laughs> <laughs> wow that yeah. is interesting and yeah. um last question if you had to invest uh in properties or stocks what would you pick um well 
This is where we get into the conspiracy theories. <laughs> if you look at, in America, let's say for America, for instance, if you look at the cities that were destroyed during the, the Antifa riots and all that stuff, mm-hmm. the 30, 30 of the locations out of, out of uh, 30 of the locations have um, a, a specific uh, institution in the middle of that destruction. And, and that institution is one institution. So I don't want to say who it is, but um, so basically these cities were destroyed and someone's going to come and buy them up and make a whole lot of money. So if you're in a real estate, commercial real estate business, buy them burned out, bombed out houses and just sit on for a while because I promise you they're going to explode. And this is not my idea. This came from a source, of course. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I'd probably invest in that right now. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good with Bitcoin. I like that, especially now. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't trade or anything. I just put money every month in. That's it. That's all I do. That's you really know? that. You know what? I was thinking the same thing to do the, to do this exact same. Just put something in every every month. Yeah, I have it on uh, auto. On auto, um, oh, I have an Austrian an Austrian company that does it. It just automatically deducts it from my bank account every month. I don't even think about it. Wow. Yeah, no, I've been doing it for years, a couple years now. Oh, brilliant. So it's definitely yeah. been growing, growing, and people say, you know. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. especially to, now. <laughs> especially yeah, especially now, this man. nice time. That's the thing, though. It's like, okay, would you would you pull it out now, or would you just leave it in there? No, no I'm not going to pull it out. I mean, <laughs> um, um, the, I, had a, I have a Hungarian friend who's of a crypto freak. This guy knows everything, and he, ha- he actually have, has keys that he carries around, too. Yeah. That, you know, like at the bank, it, it gives a one-time code to get into your account and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he told me he said it wouldn't surprise him if if uh, Bitcoin went went up to two hundred k per yeah. coin. Yeah, you know it's like, wow. Yeah, I've ridiculous. heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that yeah. as well. It's crazy. I just yeah. don't understand it enough. I think that's for me is. But you like you said, if you're putting a little bit every month, then yeah, you know, it's yeah. not it's not the end of the world. So no, because I, I would spend it elsewhere anyway. So exactly, point, you know? exactly. Yeah, and when I I I'm very easy with money. So when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Right, like, I don't, oh man, I lost that money. No, like, whatever. Like, literally, if I pay for something, it doesn't show up in the mail. Like, whatever. Yeah. It was gone either way. So, whatever. You know. It's gone. It's like gone, I said, yeah. no expectations, man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Stephen. Um, it's been about an hour. I think we've been recording. Yeah, this is time has flown. Um, and um, yeah, I just wanted to just to um give you a couple of seconds. You know, how can people reach out to you or follow you? Sure. I'm Facebook Stephen Kuhn official. Um, at Stephen with the V and then K U H N official um, uh, on uh, Clubhouse at Stephen Kuhn, just one yep. word. And if you want to check out the book and what we do and download a free excerpt of the book, go to humblealphabook.com. Brilliant. And to end with, um, what would be the key takeaway you want to leave for those trying to level up? Level up? Yeah, leveling up means going inward period. It's, it's all about how you feel, how you embrace and how you see yourself, the significance in life about who you are as a true, true person and not about what anybody else on the outside thinks you should be, would be, could be. Yep. Wow. Yep. Brilliant. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks again for your time on the show. And uh, yeah, I've definitely been tuning into um, some of the clubs and clubhouses <laughs> and especially to, to listen to you. So thanks again. And uh, yeah. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Leveling Up Now. If you have enjoyed listening, feel free to subscribe to never miss another podcast. Do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, it always seems impossible until it's done.